0: The Tim Tam McFlurry is back at Macca's. Now available with rich chocolate soft serve. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art
1: design. This is Sports Day. It is Sports Day. If you are just joining us, a pretty interesting day. One of the third test at the SCG between the Aussies and Pakistan. Pakistan won the toss. They elected to bat. Both their openers went for a duck off two balls each. And you thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be a disaster. But uh, a nice fight back from Rizwan and also the tail Jamal, which wagged. And they got themselves to 313. In response, uh, David Warner and Usman Khwaja survived. Just one over. We are none for six. Warner punched one through, uh, point for four off his first ball in his last test match. Um, so it sets up a pretty interesting final four days. Speaking of interesting, this time of year it is tennis. It is dominated by tennis, and one man who just dominates the whole period is our next guest. He's been good enough to join us, and he's going to be busy. His name is Brett Phillips. He's our tennis expert. BP, good to chat. Happy New Year.
0: <laughs> no, likewise, Kane. Yeah, we're right into the uh, the figure. That we haven't even started the Australian Open yet, but the uh, yeah the summer of tennis uh, in Perth and Sydney and Brisbane, in Canberra. It'll head to um, Hobart and Adelaide over the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, all the tennis fans around the country are getting a chance to see some of the the world's finest up close and personal.
1: We are, BP, but I'm a a little bit lost in the scheduling of it all. I think you just mentioned four states there with tennis happening everywhere that the United Cup's been on, which has been good, but it's a team format. What's been the event that most of the elite players are going to choose to best prepare for the Aussie Open?
0: Yeah, well, I've been covering the uh, the Brisbane International for nine the last couple of days uh, during the day, and that, that's where a lot of the good players are. And this tournament, of course, is returning, Kane, after a, a four-year hiatus. They tried the ATP Cup there. Brisbane, the tennis fans, absolutely wanted their own tournament back. So it is a WTA 500. Um, and Igish Fiontek, the world number one, he's playing for Poland at the United Cup. But, you know, Arena Sabalenka, Elena Rybakina, and the like are all playing uh, in Brisbane. It's a men's 250. So, what they try and do is certainly spread all the top echelon players across the different tournaments, so that you know you haven't got all the absolute big guns just in Brisbane. You got Djokovic over in Perth Fiontech, mm. uh, the two world number ones, and yeah, Brisbane's a pretty good field to be totally honest, with a good you know sprinkling of Aussies, particularly on the men's side. You know just how competitive we are inside the top 100. At the moment, so, yeah. I mean, there's obviously the tour events. There's United Cup. You know, we're not not sure if we're going to see the United Cup maybe in 12 months' time, depending on the Saudi money and that coming in, whether that affects um, our summer here. But, yeah, we're lucky because all the players... Are in Australia, so all the best are here. What you know, a fortnight out from the Grand Slam, so we're, we're getting to see the best.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, that was gonna be my next question. That, that'd be thrilled, wouldn't they? The the Australian Open organisers, apart from from Kyrgios, who won't play, and he would he would be the one that they would want to schedule. They're not going to get him, but apart from that, they get everyone else. So Asaka's back, which is terrific. Yep. Rafa Nadal, who knows? He said. It may be probably his last, but, but don't put those words in his mouth if he comes back next year. And even you know, Angelique Kerber is going to be here and, and Djokovic. So all the big guns are here. We're not missing many.
0: No, absolutely not. And uh, look, at you know, on the women's side, it is very much the comeback queens. You know, uh, Caroline Wozniaki coming back. She's in Auckland at the moment. There is a tour event over there. Uh, Angie Kerber, as you've mentioned, you know, Osaka had another hit out today. Uh, did go down in three sets to Carolina Pliskova, but she just needs some matches. I mean, she's missed 15 months of pro tennis. You can train as much as you like, but as you know, Kate, until you get out to the, the field of battle, so to speak, um, you don't quite know where your level's at, but she's lost none of her raw power, Osaka. And I think we're going to see a different personality this time. I mean, she's an introverted, shy girl, but she wants to give the fans something back. She wants to play with a smile. I suppose giving birth gives you a little bit of perspective on life and You know, I think we'll see her have some impact on the sport. She's got no ranking right now, so she'll get all the wild cards into everything as a four-time Grand Slam champion. But, gee, uh, you don't want to be going up against Naomi Osaka in uh, the first couple of rounds of the Australian Open because the way she's been striking the ball in Brisbane has been really, really encouraging.
1: And I think you said on breakfast the other day that you feel like Demon or quarterfinal would be a a good result and something that is realistic. Is, I mean, I think uh, Fitzy, John Fitzgerald, said he's never seen him play better. Yeah. Is that his max? Like, is that about where his talents will get him to a quarterfinal? Can he, can he go further with what he's got or not?
0: Well, I think he probably continues to surprise many. You know, this year I thought... Well, 2023, I thought if he can consolidate between 10 and 20, but be closer to 10 in the rankings, that was a big tick. So he finishes the year at 12. And there's some people who have just written him off being a you know, a permanent top 20 player and people never think he'd become a top 10 player. I think he's got all the talent to do that. He's, he's just a player you don't want to play. So his assets are very good. But to climb and be inside the top 10, yeah, he's got to win some matches just a little easier, particularly off serve. I mean, you know, this is what gets these big guys going. They just yeah. win so many free points off serve. That, you know, one, two punch, serve, forehand. It just sets up so many points, conserves energy. So if he can do that, he's a big chance. But this year, I think, look, if he can, you know, get into that sort of ninth, eighth spot, I think that's really, really achievable. And then it just comes down to draw, it comes down to matchups. But people don't like playing Alex Dimonor because from ball one, he's trying to put enormous pressure on you. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a tough
1: matchup. Uh Kokonakis, what sort of shape is he in? He had a, a couple of niggles, as seems to be always the case mm. with him. But he, he's back and, and looking okay, is he?
0: Well, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, you know, look, he's sitting at 65 in the world. He loses first-round Brisbane to Rinky Hijikata. He's had a yeah. great last 12 months and Rinky's bound for the top 50. And in Thinassi's own words, Kane, he's not in love with this sport. Mm-hmm. You know, he finds the grind really, really tough. And he's, he's hanging in there. And maybe some of his best tennis is still to come. But you've got to, be, you've got to be highly driven in this sport. There's nowhere to hide on a tennis court, as we know. And the game on the men's side is getting even more physical. These guys are hunting you all the time. So he's got to be able to go to that next level. Look, we're not going to judge him on one match. He'll return to your native Adelaide, you know, with a bit of confidence next week, what he did last year and that home crowd in his hip pocket. But really, he should be a top 50 player for Nassie. I mean, at a minimum, somewhere in that top 50. So we'll, we'll see how the year pans out.
1: Pretty tough if you don't love the sport and you're not you're not jumping out of bed to to want to go and practice for three or four hours. Like It, it does become a bit of a chore. And you know, we're seeing, I was looking at Nadal the other day, and I'm going, the amount of prize money this guy's got, like he's the king, he's... Everyone's favourite. Yeah. And he's still at 37 with his banged-up body coming to Australia and playing lead-up tournaments and giving it everything else. playing doubles the other day. I was like, this guy just loves it. Federer was the same. He had to pry the racket out of his hand. Uh, Novak's the yeah. same. I mean, it's across all sport. Oh, you look at the NBA and LeBron James still going at 40. They love it. It, it becomes so hard because it's so even if, you, if you're not in love with the sport. No, exactly.
0: I mean, they just develop elite habits, don't they? I mean, you watch Dale train and... In- it's match simulation. He's not going at half rat power. He's going at full tilt. He's always been like that. And that's what keeps these guys at the absolute top and separates them from a big pack of players that can all hit a really good ball, but just, you know, their attention to detail and being able to, you know, go to the next level in rallies and points is just not quite there. I mean, you can, you know, sit comfortably inside the top 100 where the is and get into all the majors and you know, earn a decent living out of the sport. But, yeah, to get to the next level, it takes a you know, pretty special character.
1: All right. What else? Uh, is your man Alcaraz, is he in good shape? Is he the, the, the main challenger? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I
0: mean, you know, his first half of last year was great. He tailed off um, a bit like the previous year. He tailed off a little bit in the second half of the year. But he's still figuring, you know, his body out. He's still figuring uh, his game out. And he's achieved so much early doors, but, look, this year, you know, he, uh, Yannick Sinner, is almost maybe ready to win a Grand Slam if Djokovic has a, a bad day. Holger Runa, who we're going to see in action, the young Dane in Brisbane tonight as a top seed. You know, Ben Shelton, the American. Just a lot of good young talent going around Kane. The game's in good nick. Uh, Djokovic is still, you know, telling all of them, well, you're still going to beat me best of five in a Grand Slam. That's the challenge. Uh, but it's an exciting time in men's tennis. But, yeah, Alcaraz not playing this week, Um you know, we'll, we'll arrive in Melbourne and prepare, maybe play a match at Kooyong as a, a late entry there. But, yeah, I think, you know, it'd be just great to have him in Australia because we didn't have him here 12 months ago and the crowd get to see how you know good this kid is up close and personal. We won't have Juan Carlos Ferrero, his coach, on board. He's going to stay home for the early part of the season, which, you know, those two have been handing gloves uh, throughout mm. his development. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the early part of the season, some players are cherry right and some will take a couple of months to work into the year. But, yeah, it's going to be an exciting uh, fortnight at the AO with a Sunday start.
1: All right, BP, looking forward to it. You'll be all over it. Appreciate your time this evening as always, mate.
0: Pleasure. Thank you, Kane.
1: Brett Phillips there. And that was all thanks to Mate Internet and Mobile. $20 off for five months with Mate Internet. And you can use the promo code SAVE20 with Mate Internet. Um we posted a whole heap of stuff on social media of the show last night, which got a few of you up in arms. You can catch us on our Twitter page, uh, on SEN for, for those that you missed it. But what I did do is counted down some of the biggest stories that that happened whilst I was on holidays and I came back with a bit of a flurry as you're going through it at all. We spoke to Jared about the Concerns about test cricket. He sort of got the same, but just thinks that we should focus on the strong nations and that's who Australia should play. He's got concerns about the others, including the West Indies, which uh, which happens in a week or so's time here in Adelaide and, and the one-sided nature of that. Spoke about Clayton Oliver and uh, the fact that Melbourne have demanded for him to meet minimum standards and the fact that he is not meeting those minimum standards. It's been a short pre-season so far and already a couple of issues for Clayton. So what now? The Melbourne have said you've got to meet the minimum standards, and if you don't, there'll be consequences. They threaten to trade him. Well, he's not meeting the minimum standards, so what do they do now? What what leg do they have to stand on? Do they stand him down? feels like that would be the worst thing that could happen for, for Clayton Oliver to lose that discipline of having to front up and, and train. So they've they've threatened him with that. It hasn't worked. I'm not sure what leg they have to stand on. Now the Melbourne Footy Club, we spoke about Nick Kyrios and... Can't believe he's charging people to, to look at his content on OnlyFans when he probably should be focusing on playing big tennis matches and getting the best out of himself. I, it was strong thoughts, and I've been frustrated by him a long time. I said he's uh, had the, the most waste of talent of any Australian athlete, and stand by that. Hard to, find of, hard to find another athlete that has wasted the amount of talent that he has got. Spoke about the AFL rule changes a little bit, touched on West Coast and Bailey Smith. Sean Darcy's big seven-year contract. A few people have reached out to me today about that. They said, well, Fremantle have lost a lot of players. What happens if they lost another one? You'd be critical of Fremantle losing another player. I said, well, I don't know. I think his value is high, Sean Darcy. Get a couple of first-round draft picks for him. Bolster your midfield, which needs bolstering since Mundy has left and Fife has been injured. And get a small forward to replace Lockie Schultz. And you've got Luke Jackson in the ruck. Bang, sorted rather than paying $1.8 million for for two ruckmen when only one of them can ruck. That was my thoughts on that. We'll see how that plays out, but I think it's unlikely that Sean Darcy sees out that contract until the end of 2030. Those were some of the topics that we covered last night. Hey, we've got an exciting uh, giveaway as well to our South Australian audience who are with us. The caller of the week, SA only. one 736 736 to go in the running for that. Uh, it is all thanks to Budget Car and Truck Rental. Get the good stuff with Budget Car and Truck Rental. Moving house? Use a team that's easy and affordable. Budget Car and Truck Rental. 132727. What's the what's the prize? Um, there is a caller of the week thanks to Budget. I'm trying to work out what the prize is thanks to Budget. We're we'll just update. Here we go. Here we go. Double pass to see the strikers. On Friday night, hottest ticket in town for the Caller of the Week, SA audience only. Welcome to you on SA 1629 if you want to get involved in the program and have your say on all of that. Please do so. Otherwise, I am talking to myself. Uh, now, our sports headlines tonight have all been thanks to the spirit of Tasmania. I saw Nathan Buckley. I reckon he was on the spirit of Tassie before Christmas. Uh, with his lovely partner Brody. That looks magnificent. And I was incredibly jealous of what Bucks got up to in his off-season. You can stretch out in freedom on board the spirit of Tassie. Free from luggage limits, you can pack more into your adventures with the spirit of Tassie. Get involved. Join in the conversation with me, one 736 736 Just recapping what went down at the SCG today. The Aussies lost a toss. Pakistan elected to bat on a beautiful summer's day at the SCG. Sun was shining. I thought the pitch looked really good, to be honest. Uh, Aussies bowled well. um, Good discipline, line and length. Hazelwood, Stark, and Cummins were on the money. Got off to a ripping start. Had them about four for 60 before a fight back from Mohammed Rizwan, who made 88 of 103. So he had a crack, 10 fours and two sixes. He was eventually dismissed. The Aussies got on a bit of a run before the tail wagged significantly. Jamal made himself 82 off 97. He had a crack and Pakistan got themselves to 313. The pick of the bowlers was the skipper Pat Cummins, as we spoke to Jared Whateley, about five for 61 off his 18 overs. Lyon took a little bit of punishment, particularly from the tail. One for 74 off his 17. Stark was good. Two for 75, and Hazelwood always reasonably economical, albeit he took a bit of punishment as well in the end. Uh, One for 65. Labashane bowled himself a couple of overs, and Travis Head bowled one. And in response, the Aussies just had to face a tricky one-over. David Warner took up the challenge to to face that over, and he hit the first ball of his final test match. Not going to say his final innings, it might be, but his final test match for four. Uh, He is six not out. Kawaja hasn't faced a ball and we are set for a pretty exciting second day where you feel like the Aussies are going to um, respond with a pretty big title. You are listening to Sports Day. It's Kane Corns in the house uh, and that prize is thanks to Budget Car and Truck Rental. Our South Australian audience, one 736 736 If you want to take, uh, if you want to give us a call on the other side of this, double pass into the MTX Club. Not just a striker's ticket, an MTX Club. Strikers ticket versus the Scorchers on Friday night. We'll take a couple of your calls on the other side of this.